No intro this week. Roll the intro music. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Can Do Better podcast. This is episode 10 of season 4. We got a lot to talk about. We're back in Daniel's closet here in Tallahassee. Daniel, obviously the first place that we got to start, Florida State basketball, you know, ended up losing in the Sweet 16. Obviously in our last episode, you know, we talked about our predictions for the tournament. You had Cleveland State going all the way. I had UNC Greensboro going all the way. Alas, you know, those predictions didn't, you know, pan out just like every other prediction by anyone. Um, you know, we're close to the final four. I think we've both lost interest for the most part in the NCAA tournament because Loyola Chicago is out, Florida State is out, and the two aforementioned teams are out. Yeah, yeah. It's been a pretty crazy March Madness. Uh, pretty sad. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, our, our, our brackets have been busted pretty early on. I know you have a one or a couple that are... Not anymore. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Yeah. Oh, RIP. RIP to the brackets, bro. I mean, yeah, like we have, it was a crazy tournament. You know, you have Oral Roberts coming out and just whooping ass. Then you have Ohio, like, just losing. It's like Ohio State, I should say. Yeah, Ohio State, you know, excuse me. What, I mean, this, you know, I, Michigan beat us, you know, I, I kind of saw that coming. They were just a really good team. Florida State got to the Sweet 16, like you said. But you know what? It was just, it seemed like we looked, this was the most Florida State game that I had, you know, it's, it's a typical Florida State game. I should say that. We were sloppy with the ball, you know, like we were just not doing well on the defensive end. We kind of looked very young, you know, it, it just... Michigan looked like the the better team. They looked like the more experienced team. Um, we tried our best. I'll say that. We'll see what happens next year. You know, we'll see what happens next year. I hope Scotty Barnes stays. Probably won't. But you know, just you know, we we have a lot of young guys coming in, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what we'll learn from this tournament, this experience. What did you uh, What did you take from from this March? Well, you said it was a sad time. I don't think it was that sad. Florida State made the Sweet Sixteen. My parents' alma mater, Loyola Chicago, made the Sweet Sixteen. As I've said it before, I'll say it again: If you make the Sweet Sixteen, that's a success. You know, that's the third straight NCAA tournament where Florida State has made it at least to the Sweet Sixteen. Obviously, you know, in two thousand eighteen, they made it all the way to the Elite Eight. And you know, during during Sunday's loss, the first thing that I thought about was. If last year's team had had the chance to play in an NCAA tournament, I think I'm fully convinced that that team would have ended up in the Final Four because they simply had no weakness. You know, I was watching this game against Michigan and I was thinking, you know, this team misses Trent Forrest. They didn't really have a true point guard this year. And, you know, for all the jokes that are made about, you know, how important veteran guard play is in the NCAA tournament, there really is some truth to that. You know, when you're relying on a 19-year-old pretty much to be your floor general, it ends up not working when you're playing against a top 10 defense in the country. And more so, this is his first time playing point guard, playing power forward in high school. You know, he's thrown into, you know, a, a, a league, a collegiate lead in March Madness where you're playing the best of the best. You know, talent goes a very far away, right? But it's very hard to be playing top teams in the country, in Michigan as well, no doubt, that 
you know, they're going to figure out, you know, how you tick and, you know, how you work. And they're going to, they're going to shut that down. You know, big props to Juwan Howard, um, being, you know, a former Miami Heat player and a Miami Heat coach, you know, I'm very happy for him. Uh, we've discussed this before. Do we respect Michigan? Yes. Do we hate them? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I guess they deserve to make it, you know, through, uh, they're a great team. Isaiah Livers didn't even play, but I mean, they were just, they're getting into the paint. Like it was nothing you know, out rebounding us from the early on, they were just lighting it up from three. You know, I didn't, I think what, who, who Malik Osborne hit like three threes and that was pretty much it. He had like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something crazy like that. I mean, you know, for being a team, that's one of, if not the best shooting team that Florida state's seen very underwhelming in terms of how we play from beyond the arc. But you know, coach Leonard Hamilton's going to figure it out. We're going to get some more recruits next year. You know, I don't know if, if uh, Raekwon Gray is going to be leaving or not. Do you know if he's staying, if he's leaving? He kind of sent something, sent something out on Instagram that it was like, we got to run this back. Yeah, I saw that too. I'm, I, that's what I'm questioning too. If Raekwon Gray is coming back, that's going to be very exciting because that man throughout this entire year, if we're going to give a shout out like FSU Player of the Year, it's Raekwon Gray. That man Absolutely. was the absolute unit of this team, the core of this team. We're gonna have some young guys coming in next year. Uh, pretty sure his name is Matthew Cleveland. Um, we got some other high-ranking guys. If he stays, that's gonna be a really exciting team to watch. Yeah, no. Florida State is adding, and they're adding at positions that they need to add at. You know, you mentioned Matthew Cleveland, obviously a five-star small forward, and you know, not to mention this is the number two recruiting class in the country coming in. You have a four-star in Jalen Warley. You have two seven-foot centers because why not? This is Florida State. Yeah. And then one that I'm really excited about, Caleb Mills, the point guard from Houston, a team that's going you know, now to the Final Four. Um, I think he could address a lot of issues that this team had this year and hopefully you know, not necessarily play at the level of Trent Forrest, but you know, provide your team with that player that single-handedly could just limit the turnovers you know, he could just calm down the team because that's really what a good point guard is supposed to do. You know, if the other team's going on a run, you know, they might be going on a 10-0 run, not get phased, and, you know, just make some errant passes like we saw Scotty Barnes do a lot of times this year. But, you know, kind of make the game go at his pace and, you know, run the Florida State offense that we've seen dominate for some long stretches this year, but we ultimately saw fade away toward the end. Another thing that, you know, we got to mention is injuries. I, I don't think MJ Walker was 100%. I don't think Scotty Barnes was 100%. Um, and I think that certainly played a role in, you know, the ceiling of this team. If MJ Walker was playing at the levels that we've seen him playing at, you know, for all we know, just his presence, you know, him having played much better against Michigan might have motivated other players to do well. It seemed like toward the end of that game, the team looked a little disinterested. It looked like they were already looking ahead, looking at their own futures. Um, I'm sure most people would do that, um, especially somebody like Scotty Barnes, who's most likely going to be a lottery pick in the NBA. I'm sure he had a lot of his mind, you know, boarding a flight back to Tallahassee after that one. Um, but, you know, you can never be too high. You, know, you can never be too low. You got to be, you know, you kind of got to look at it, you know, through the eyes of Leonard Hamilton. He's usually somebody that's, you know, a little steady Eddie. Uh-huh. Um, he you know, he, he didn't take this loss too hard. I'm sure he's he's been there before. Right. Um, and he knows that this program is still set up for success um, for years in the future. And there's no reason why this team next year can't be back in the same spot. 
Um, and I think that they have a very good chance of doing that just because of the foundation, the culture that they've grown. And because guys like Raekwon Gray, Balsa Koperbica, um, even Anthony Polite, guys like that are going to be even better next year, most likely. Um, so, yeah, you know, as Michael Jordan once said, the ceiling is the roof. Hmm. Absolutely. The ceiling, the ceiling is the roof. That, that is quite literally, yes, looking up the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, it's the roof. Yeah, next year it's going to be very exciting. You know, uh, Scotty Barnes, like you said, was kind of all over the place. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to have a more, you know, f- formal basketball team with a true point guard, you know, uh, having some young guys come in as well. Just a bunch of seven-footers. Yeah, and just why not? You know, I remember from a very young age watching Florida State basketball, um, the first time that I turned on the TV, I saw these massive guys. I was like, why the hell do we have these guys? I was like, they're not even good. Like, they're not even good. And, and you know, <laughs> over the years... It's kind of a tradition. It's Yeah, it's been kind of a tradition just for they're, Leonard Hamilton to just get the largest f-ing guys. If if Cobra Vita and Ingham stays, Florida State's going to have four seven-footers. I don't know how tall Quincy Ballard is. Um, I, I don't know either, but, like, it's it's insane. Like, our height, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And over the... Like I've said, you know, the arc... The arc of talent of the big men that I've seen over the last, you know, however many years has been phenomenal. I mean, it started off being just, you know, these like papa guys that were just super big and tall and had no like, you know, actual coordination to actually having good people like Balsa, Kopravica and Ingam, who looks pretty promising in my opinion. I know he's a senior, but with that, you know, extra year of eligibility, hopefully he comes back. You know, it, it's it's been interesting to see that because they're actually very coordinated, you know. And, and they can somewhat stretch the floor, too. And they're good free-throw shooters. And it's exciting to see that because, you know, nothing is, is more threatening than a stretch five that can handle it, pass it, rebound, push the floor. I mean, it, it's scary. Absolutely. And if you have, a, a like you said, a good point guard who can run an offense and solidified guys like Raekwon Gray and talented players, that team is going to be really, really, really fun to watch. And imagine if Koprovica, you know, develops a jump shot and they could somehow put him at the four and play two seven-footers. I mean, get out of here. I saw him hit a three yeah. very early on in the season. And I was like, this could be very, very lethal Yeah, to have him play as that real stretch stretch four, stretch five. Um, I guess we're going to see the offseason, what he puts on, you know. Listen... Just to kind of cap this off, I'm excited because if Raekwon comes back, this is his team. Mm-hmm. You know, this year it was MJ Walker's team. Next year it'd be Raekwon's team, and he's kind of seen it all. You know, he was playing in the rotation when we were freshmen, and, you know, potentially when we're going to be seniors in front of what looks like it's going to be back to, you know, regular capacity crowds at the Tucker Center. You know, keeping up that home dominance that Florida State has become synonymous with recently. It's going to be really exciting, um, and there's certainly a lot to play for. Um, it seems like Florida State, you know, in the last few years, they've kind of hit that Elite Eight, Sweet 16 wall, and they kind of have to, you know, break that wall um, and get to the next level. There's definitely a high level of resistance. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, all in all, though, successful season. Daniel, and I would say it was certainly, you know, moving on to another topic, I, I would say it was a very successful weekend for us. Absolutely. I think uh, it was probably more eventful than any weekend we've had in recent memory. Um, obviously, you know, we, we're both halfway vaccinated at this moment. Um, and, you know, we're starting to see or we have seen the light at the end of the tunnel. I hate saying that. Um, that is this pandemic. I think 35% of Americans are at least halfway vaccinated. It seems like things just changed like a dime. Oh, yeah, like a dime, like a dime. Um, 
And so, yeah, this weekend, you know, we had a little bit of fun. You know, your parents came up, your grandparents came up who are fully vaccinated. And we had some Passover dinner. We did. We had some Passover dinner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Happy Passover, everybody. Uh, you know, it, it was it was interesting because my parents, uh, they typically come up not during the norm, you know, or the normal times that parents usually come up. Parents weekend, they said, no, we'll come up next weekend. You know, they come up for football games. They come up for Jewish holidays. And my grandparents this year decided, hey, you know, we'll come up too. My grandfather being 86 year old, uh, my grandmother being 75, they decided, you know what, we're going to pack the house. We're going to come up and have a Passover Seder in Daniel's apartment. Uh, it was great. They made a brisket, carrots, souffle, potatoes. There was salad. My grandma baked cookies, made a cake. Uh, they, they quite literally took over our kitchen. Um, but you know what? We got to uh, share a Passover dinner with you with Gabby, mm -hmm. uh, our friend Gabby. Uh, it was great. You know, took him to Thomasville, took him around Tallahassee, T-Town, the city that never sleeps. And uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Uh, they liked it. Uh, how, how would you say Passover dinner was? I think it was great. It's something I'd never experienced before. You know, we obviously, we all had these little booklets that kind of, you know, we read through the story of Passover. Um, your grandpa as well, he kind of gave me like his own spiel, uh -huh. um, his own take on, you know, the holiday as we were sitting there at the dinner table. Um, and no, it was definitely interesting. You know, there's some interesting traditions where, you know, you hide the matzah and I just, mm -hmm. I found it. Yeah. Not found the, the Afikoma, yeah. yeah, it was very hard to find. Um, you know, I also had to leave this ceremony for like an hour beforehand. Yeah. Took, yeah. Took a while. Yeah. Um, and another thing I want to talk about is, I believe it was two nights before, I think it was the night that your parents got here, you know, we, we got some pizza, right? Yes. We got some pizza at Gain Street Pies. And listen, Gain Street Pies, I think we need to talk about this. Yeah, I agree. Because it's kind of night and day. Because mm -hmm. you ordered out from there, I would say about a month ago. Yeah. And you said the pizza was meh. It was average. Yes. We went there on Friday, and the pizza was great. I think you could put Gain Street Pies, if you're sitting in person, mm -hmm. against any other pizza place, you know, in Tallahassee. And that's obviously not saying a lot. But, you know, we're talking about decent pizza, which is more than decent pizza. Shout out to Gary Putnick. Gary Putnick recommended that pizza place to me. Gary Putnick, a.k.a. Gary Player. Um, but listen, there's not a lot of places in Tallahassee, and I think on its best night, Gain Street Pies is a class above them all. I, I agree. You know, I think what, what Gain Street Pies delivers is pretty damn good pizza in a not-so-pretty-damn-good town, right? I mean, Tallahassee, let's be honest, it's, it's a college town, right? You're not going to expect great pizza and all that. And, and when I had the pizza last month, the sauce was just, it just wasn't there, right? The cheese wasn't that great. It felt like they rushed it, you yeah. know? But then when we sat down and we had, we ordered a pie and it came to our table, right? I was like, wow, like this, this is the Gain Street Pies that I know, right? This is some toppings we had, you know, like there was some olive oil, arugula, um, I don't know, some like ricotta. It was, it was a good pizza. And you know what? Decent pizza was pretty good too. I like to see though. What I would like to do is to go to Decent Pizza mm -hmm. and order a pie sitting down and compare the both then. Because if Gain Street Pies That's true. is comparable to Decent Pizza's takeout, how good is Decent Pizza? Sitting down. Exactly. And listen, I think the biggest difference between a good or average pizza and a great pizza is one thing. Because, you know, you talk about the cheese, you talk about the sauce, you know, you talk about the bread, but you got to have a little bit of pizzazz. 
you got to have a little bit of pizzazz. And I think that's the difference between takeout um, of Gain Street Pies and sitting down in person. Um, So, you know, that was a little bit of an interesting tidbit from that night. You know, afterward, you know, we said goodbye to your parents and your grandparents. They went back to their hotel. You know, they're a little bit tired. Yeah. A little bit tired. They had just driven up from Myanmar. Um, You know, they're now in the big city, big lights. And, you know, we decided, we decided, uh, you know, we're right by Capital City Circle. Let's just take Capital City Circle. Let's just take it. Yeah, we, we, we took it. Yeah. We took it. By the way, Capital City Circle, not really a circle. Not really. No, it's not really a circle. When you're turning kind of left, turning kind of right, that's not really a circle. I was kind of expecting to drive, you know, s- slightly right for 45 minutes straight. That certainly wasn't the case. And, you know, we ended up eventually driving from kind of the north side of Tallahassee all the way south to the airport. And then, you know, we reached one street where I kind of turned, I turned the wrong way. Hmm. And, you know, if you've ever lived in Tallahassee, you obviously, you've heard about Old Bainbridge Road, you know, obviously named after the great town in the great state of Georgia, the Peach State. Um, So I ended up on Old Bainbridge Road and it took us about like five minutes to realize, oh yeah, we're in a residential neighborhood. This is not Capital City Circle. Hmm. Right. You looked at your map and you kind of decided we're not where we're supposed to be. Correct. Correct. And... We're sitting here in the car, uh, you're driving, I'm in the passenger seat, Gabby's uh, handling the ox in the back, and uh, you guys thought, Georgia? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's 15 minutes away. I, you know, I personally, so Thomas and I went to Alabama uh, yeah. last summer, and it was a, a, a bit of a trek, about an hour and a half, hour 45. Georgia, much closer. Much, much closer. We ended up deciding at, what was it, 10, 30, 11? to drive into Georgia and uh, acquire uh, a particular drink Mm -hmm. that is found in the States that is not uh, found in Florida. It's a 40. Yeah, it's a 40. We wanted to get 40s. And uh, so after driving in Georgia, you know, we decided to stop in front of the gas station that is quite literally on the border. Yeah. No 40s to be found. Nope. Very disappointing. Decided to hit up another gas station. Not too far. Nope. No 40s. You know, and, and I'll say this too, you know, uh, coming from Miami and, and living in Tallahassee for a while, I've never really been in like very small towns, like very small, small towns, you know, like water tower, you know, a couple shops open towns. Uh, was a little spooked to say the least. Were you? I was. But finally we decided to go into a, uh, a nice area called Bainbridge, right? Uh, as we noted before, we were on old Bainbridge Road. Decided to go to the Bainbridge town. Mm-hmm. New Bainbridge, yes. some would say. Some would say, right. Yeah. Uh, the OG Bainbridge. And going into Little Brown Jug. <laughs> Little Brown Jug was the only place that we found in Georgia that had 40s. And these things were massive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got some Colt 45s. You know, we drove back. We ended up getting back to Tallahassee around like 1220. I was kind of booking it um, on the highway. Um, not the highway, it was, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. road, it was like Thomasville Road or something. Um, you know, we ended up back here, we drank the 40s, and, um, it was a great night. It was, it was a great night, yeah, you guys had a blast. Certainly something we'd do again, I would say. Absolutely. And another thing that's very sad is the fact that it looks like the state of Georgia is going to outlaw 40-ounce, um, drinks, alcoholic beverages, I think in the month of July. Yes, yes. Terrible decision. I don't know why. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Like, it's just beer. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. You know, talking to the lady at Little Brown Jug. You know, I, I said, I can't find these anywhere. I said, What's going on? These are like, 
what you know are they doing something with the forty? she goes yeah you know they're really they're they're getting rid of them the whole bit but try the grocery store they might still have them very sad to see the legend of the 40 ounce beers mm-hmm. uh about to perish um you know i will say that we did pick up some 32 ounce coronas those are also massive as well <laughs> yeah. so uh there's no need to fear about you know getting absolutely plastered with beer because if you're in georgia you can absolutely find what you're looking for bottles. yeah you can find you can find it no doubt no doubt uh i am excited though uh with our friend shoria yeah. coming into tallahassee another topic we're just bouncing off from people coming in and out of this apartment yeah i feel like we're like a, a bed and breakfast now yeah we are like a bed and breakfast we got our shot in the arm and it was a shot in the arm to the system daniel because you know things are looking up things yeah. are looking up obviously you know i'm gonna be going to new york Next month, I'm going to be going back to Miami for the first time since 2019 in May. Um, yeah, we'll see what we do in Miami. That's going to be interesting. But yeah, obviously, we got Shoria coming back to Tallahassee today. You know, I haven't seen him since. It's really full circle because he was at our apartment. We were supposed to go to North Carolina for spring break last year, the three of us. And that was like right when the pandemic hit. You ended up driving uh, Shoria home. I ended up taking a red coach home. And that was kind of the end of that. I haven't seen him since, and he's fully vaccinated. This kid was, he's just been chilling for the last, like, few weeks. He got the Pfizer vaccine in, like, February. Um, so, yeah, he's going to come up here. You know, we're going to, you know, see some friends we haven't seen in a while. And, you know, we're going to continue to, you know, just live our lives. Yeah. yeah. Viva la vida loca. Uh, you know, it, it's it's quite a time to be alive, right? Yeah. It is pretty full circle. Like you said, everything changed on a dime. Everybody's getting vaccinated. My dad got his second shot here in Tallahassee. Right. Right. He's good. That's another thing I want to talk about. Tallahassee. I mean, if you want a vaccine, you're, you're going to get a vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Like, talking to people in other states, it's like, you have to go through all these hurdles. You just show up to the CVS on Pensacola, and they're just like, oh, you want the vaccine? Oh, you have proof? No, we don't need that. Here, come here. Yeah. All right. Is it Moderna? Is it five? I don't know. Here's, here's a vaccine, though. All right, you're good. Yeah. I, I, dude, I, I swear. I swear. My dad and I were waiting at the CVS. My dad was waiting with 15 minutes because after you get the shot, for those who don't know, you have to sit down and wait 15 minutes yeah. to see if you have any symptoms. While we're waiting there, two people come into the CVS. They say, hi, we have an appointment for the two of us. Uh, last name is something with an S. The person goes, oh, yeah, I don't see you on the list. They go, oh, really? We made an appointment. He goes, yeah, one second. Okay, well, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll get you going anyways. Put them in line. They, <laughs> they got the vaccine. It, yeah, anybody listening to this, if you're, even if you don't live in the United States, if you're from Germany, Rwanda, wherever you are, you want a vaccine? Come to Tallahassee. Come, come to Tallahassee. You'll we'll, get one. You will. I, I promise you. I, I can guarantee <laughs> you that. You will, get, you will be vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it's not in Tallahassee, you can just go to some like rural place out here. How about Bainbridge? How about Bainbridge? Why not? I'm sure they have it too. Uh, yeah, we're, we're vaccine central over here. Um, the amount of kids that are getting it as well, you know, it's not kids, but like teenagers, yes, teenagers, I should say. I don't think kids are cleared yet. They're still doing like trials. No. Yeah. When I, when I mean kids, I mean like people not 40 years old, like, un, like in their twenties, late teens, the whole bit. Um, it's very interesting to see yeah. and it's very exciting to see, mm-hmm. uh, because, when you drive by college town and you see madison social packed it's like oh wow i hope they're vaccinated um but probably not not. they're not or they already had it already it doesn't yeah they did yeah so you know what things are starting to roll over and then turn into uh you know 
turn into a better a better place. Listen, Daniel, it's been a great conversation. I got things to get to. I got to be at work pretty soon. Right. I got to make some lunch. Right. So I'm gonna head out here. If you want to continue talking, um, you could do that. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you.